scene um, in the book, and, and Nick Hornby agrees that it's a pivotal scene in the book where you understand who, I can't remember the main character's name. What's his name? John Cusack's character. I've already forgotten. All right, let's call him Rob. Rob. Rob, okay. Yeah. So uh, in, the, in the book- Welcome to Rob, the modern society. We're talking about high fidelity here. Go ahead. In the book, Rob gets a, um, he gets a house call and it's from a disgruntled spouse who's basically waited for her husband to go to work and then invites Rob over to sell his remarkable record collection. So he goes to her house and he's, you know, he's flipping through just the 45s, like first press of God save the queen. And, you know, just, you name it, he's got it. Like, you know, Elvis's first single stuff like Mm -hmm, that. Right. mm -hmm. And in the book, he's like, I know who this guy is like emotionally. I can't do this to him. <laughs> right. I mean, record record dealers are scumbags. Right. Sure. Right. I mean, all, all people who like buy and sell, they're always trying to buy something as cheaply as possible and then sell it for as much as they possibly can. Right. Mm-hmm. And amazingly, that's not limited to records. Oh, yeah. I know. But just in this, in, you know, in this context. So he was like, thank you so much for letting me look at this stuff. I'm not buying anything. And he passes. So that scene was actually filmed. And the disgruntled wife was Beverly D'Angelo. Mm-hmm. And it's pivotal. Like from a, a record culture and like music nerd perspective. Mm-hmm. More so than all of the bullshit that he puts all these women through and like, you know, saying, why was I an asshole? And, you know, his soul searching or whatever. You learn more about him and what's in his soul by the empathy that he feels for this guy when he goes to not buy his record collection. So anyway, got into this conversation with Nick Hornby about that. And he's like, oh, yeah, they filmed it. It was great. You know, I wanted it in the movie, but they cut it for for time. That's a bummer. I would be remiss if I didn't mention that I was an extra in High Fidelity. And if you buy the DVD and go to the deleted scenes, yeah, I got a nice tight shot with me and John Cusack <laughs> hanging out on the L. Nice. So I was just going to say that. See, I also am entirely distracted. That That's how I know about the scene. Yeah. I'm gonna have it's on check there. It yeah, check it out. I was going to. My, my yeah, gonna, is secure. <laughs> I was going to say it's distracting for me to watch that movie because all I do is watch the backgrounds and go like, oh, I know that person. Oh, that guy washed dishes for me at the cafe. But also, I also have a chip on my shoulder about my cafe not appearing in any scenes Mm -hmm. in the movies, considering it was filmed right next door to it. And like, you know, Mm -hmm. there's a shot where what's her name is with uh, Tim Robbins and, and, you know, the camera's angled up, like just framing out the sign for Jinx. So that was a bummer. So um, was was Championship Vinyl, was that a real record store or did they build that? Was that a set? No, it was built. And I remember walking over, walking down that street one day and turning the corner and being like, are you fucking kidding me? Another fucking record store? Like, we did not like that. Because I think at that point there was like, Myopic Earwax was there. Reckless was on that corner. I don't know. We had like 14 record stores in like two square blocks, I think. And um, So is your vinyl also or your music let's give that a test and then we'll properly start okay 
I had to plug in a little speaker because the, the internal speakers on this old Mac are terrible. This old Mac would be a good PBS show. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Bob Villa. <laughs> Today we've got the Apple IIc. <laughs> See you next week, folks. And remember, never auto-update. <laughs> it's impossible to operate one of these old Macs without a paper clip. <laughs> it's, it was one of the most expu- expensive computers built at the time, but still, if you don't have a paper clip, you're fucked. <laughs> Welcome to Force Eject with Bob Vila. <laughs> Force Eject. <laughs> Sorry, that's that just has a really pervy sound to it. <laughs> Oh, there you go. No, you do. Oh, okay, good. Here comes Stanley Cow. Here comes Stanley Cow. Is it loud enough? Yeah, I can't hear you over it. It's loud enough. Okay, good. How about now? You can yeah. do that. And bring yeah, your life. What I got for your mama. Well, here, I'll just do the intro. Oh, there we go. Welcome to the Modernist Society, a special edition of the Modernist Society. It's the uh, day drinking holiday edition of the Modernist Society with our special guest, uh, Daryl Machoka, DJ DMAC, to most of you. That's me. <laughs> I'm Jason Mojica in Brooklyn, New York. I'm Eric Ottens in Chicago. And by the way, Jason, it is Merry Christmas, not Happy Holidays, okay? <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, and I'm Daryl Machoka, and I'm here in uh, Nation's Capital. So, Daryl is one uh, of the OG uh, Modernist Society hosts and DJ. So, the Modernist Society started in 2003, was it? Yeah, it started great. in Chicago. Eric and I hosting that night there, and then Daryl. Uh, hosted the Modernist Society in Washington, D.C., uh, together with Neil Becton. So, yeah, then I moved to D.C. and joined those guys. Eric moved to Tokyo. So that's that's the origin story. So are we, are we talking about the theme? Are you can introduce. Well, I guess this is the question, the theme. What is the theme? You know, let's, let's put it, let's just be honest with our listeners, is that Daryl and I wanted to play Christmas music, but Eric is like, Eric, what are your feelings on Christmas? I music? hate Christmas music very passionately. Yeah, it's no good. <laughs> if you're both doing Christmas music, I don't even know. I'll, I'll be polite, but like I, I don't think you're going to win me over. That's all I can say. I'll just say I have a mix. I have a mix. <laughs> <laughs> so, so well, why don't we start with a holiday song? Because not all of us are Jesus freaks like Eric. I forgive you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, here, here's one that Eric, even you might be able to appreciate this one. It's uh, from a little record that I put out on the Rocco Records label. Uh, actually, it was a joint release with uh, Further Beyond Records, Basil Shadid. Um, I don't even remember how that exactly came about, but it was a double seven inch called A Very Punk Christmas. Uh Featured. What are the other songs on this? Captain Jazz, uh, Blue Meanies, that one? Or Captain no? Jazz, The Fighters, uh, The Bull Weevils, 88 Fingers Louie, Oblivion, Sidekick Cato, and yes, The Blue Meanies. And that's what I'm going to play. You. I remember 
I don't want to too wildly. Yeah. I remember, wasn't that like a double seven inch with like a red cover? How come there are like 12 bands on it? Uh, there's a double seven inch. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, you know, in the age of seven inch EPs, so there's four songs on each seven inch. So that's eight bands. Also, yeah. you said Captain Jazz. Did I? I uh, I, okay, great. <laughs> done interrupting. I can't wait to hear it. Do you have, uh, but, do you uh, have some dead stock you can mail me? Do I have to look I, on Discogs I, for this thing? I, there are some on Discogs. I do have a couple of them left. Yeah. But it's double seven inch, very limited release. I think there were a thousand of them made, maybe 1,500. Maybe it went into a second pressing or maybe 2,000. One to 2,000 of them. But it was a very hot seller. Even got played on Q101 back in the oh, day. Yeah. They did a whole thing where they played the entire set thing. It was pretty cool. Oh, um, but what I love about this, you know, the Blue Meanies kind of Chicago slash Carbondale band, you know, kind of, how would you describe them? You're, you're more, I mean, I would say ska, but they're not quite, what are they? Ska, funk, noise, and metal? I don't know. A very weird band that played some ska songs and took a lot of drugs and had a horn section and keyboard. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. So what's impressive is that like most of the other bands that recorded on our little thing, they recorded this um, at Attica Studios with Chuck Uchida on a four-track uh, cassette deck. And so with all those horns and instruments, uh, this is that much more impressive on a little four-track cassette. Here we go. This is... Uh, Blue Meanie's doing uh, The Grinch. that was actually the thing that drove demand for this record the most was this cover you gotta get it a little lower this is a okay. thing that what did the band oh i don't uh drove the most sales of this record uh, by the way i'm drinking a product placement uh it's actually not a product placement it's unauthorized reference to uh anchor brewing eh, anchor brewing fog breaker ipa uh i'm Less than half way through this bottle, and I'm already wasted. Um, quite excellent. I remember every year for Christmas they would do like the Christmas kind of like stop punk show. So like the Blue Meanies would play every year. So I remember, I don't remember how many years in a row, but a lot seeing them, you know, do this around Christmas time. It was always really fun because it was already like kind of after when there were that kind of peak of there being tons of scout shows, it was already kind of nostalgic, I guess. So it was always really fun. I would still argue, I mean, I I like this and I, I mean, this is a good part. Yeah, let's get this part. I mean, it's just from the song. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
but I would still argue yeah. like there are so many Blue Meanie songs I like more. That one is just played because it's Christmassy, so people play it at Christmas. But songs should just be good songs. <laughs> they shouldn't have to have like they shouldn't be about anything. Huh? You like you don't like songs that are about particular things. Well, I guess every song is about a particular thing, but I, I just feel like they get this little like extra credit because they're like about Christmas, but it's, I don't agree. I don't like it. It's only extra credit from Thanksgiving until New Year's. <laughs> the, re the rest of the year. Yeah, but that's one you in five. You're forced to grave it on a curve. Do you not sing happy birthday? I'd rather not. <laughs> <laughs> but at least that's like people singing and it's like 20 seconds you know like people don't record it and put it out and be like look we did a cool birthday thing <laughs> you don't have like a fourth of july mix <laughs> no. songs I should just do. be good songs there's no <laughs> the most i'll give you is you can go like this sounds really good in winter or like this is like a really good summer song that's as date specific as you can get with music Mm. Daryl, give us a good Christmas song. Okay. I am not a Chicago music scholar. However, <laughs> this is a record on the Third Coast label. I believe Chicago is on the Third Coast. Is that is that correct? I don't know the label, but I know the phrase. Okay. So Third Coast, that's Chicago, right? The this is a Chicago record. So this is a band called Short Stuff. And uh, they are performing their take on the perennial classic, Merry Christmas, Baby. And it's not at all what you think it's going to sound like. You don't know what I think. But I'm actually playing records, so here we go. <laughs> Merry Christmas, baby. Sure to treat me nice. Merry Christmas, baby. Sure to treat me nice. Give me all those presents you might come in paradise.
who did you say this was? Short stuff. Short stuff. Have you ever heard of them, Eric? I'm not. Do you know anything about them, Daryl? No. I don't know anything about them. Huh. Um, I went through a short but intense period of of buying holiday obscurities on eBay that <laughs> years later wound up showing up on um, lots of different comps. Uh-huh. Yeah, which would lead me into my next tune, but I feel like we're going round, round robin on this. So, yes. What did you think, Eric? Did you hate it? I mean, that was an interesting song. I will say this: I don't think the the Christmas element helped. <laughs> they could have just they could have just been singing "I Want to Do It with You, Baby." It would have been the same quality song. <laughs> well, maybe if you think of Christmas music like bubblegum music, in that it's all about sex, maybe that will change your opinion of Christmas mm. music. If you listen to every Christmas song understanding that it's kind of code for i want to do it with you maybe you'll have a new appreciation for it green sleeves silent (laughs) night (laughs) jason you're sick (laughs) silent night especially if you sing it in german blowfly did christmas music who's that but it's not as it can't be his best music that's gotta be no no it's not it's not, but um, you know when you're when you're using White Christmas as a double entendre, <laughs> it's okay. it's like filthy. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I can't wait. If you want to skip the round robin, no, I'm just... not playing that. Okay. Not, uh, <laughs> okay. So now you're... it's one of the few Christmas records I own that I'm like, no, playing this is a bad idea. <laughs> I used to do like a yearly, like I would play the Misfits around Halloween. I would play that Vandals Christmas record around Christmas. And at some point I was like, I've just done, I don't need to do this anymore. <laughs> like I get no more joy out of playing records at the appropriate time. Okay. So uh, moving, moving into the round Robin, this is a 1980 UK band. Basically this sounds like every single song that I like, which is to say punky, you know, poppy, fast paced, quirky and new wavy. And then with really good musicianship, good songwriting, and really good production. That's kind of like, basically, that's, my, that's it. That's my single area of interest. So this is called The News. It's called 50% Reduction. It has synth, which is a bonus. And the synth isn't like techni- a technicality. Like they're playing, it's a really cool part. So I'm going to play through about the chorus. We'll fade it down and uh, you can comment away. If you can find a way, if you can catch something that is accidentally Christmas related, that'll be <laughs> Oh, Eric. I think yeah, you're not sharing. You got to go back and share. share. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not bad. Uh, While you're doing that, tell us what you're drinking. Well, it's not that exciting. Lagunina's little something, something. And I actually will buy this because um, similar to Tokyo, you can, this is maxing out my ability to uh, multitask. <laughs> um, you can buy like one can at a time. So this is just like one pint can that I bought. So that's nice. Um, okay, here we go, I think.
person here, Devo on the bongo, he pulls like in the in the Devo song when he's talking about uh, I think it's Burger King and he goes as long as you but a service no way like he pretty much does exactly that <laughs> but uh yeah, that song got better as it went on as a kid at first I was kind of like yeah I've heard this band before yeah, know, like, yeah. I, like this yeah, type of sure. band but, but, but it's pretty good yeah I'm sorry who is it again the news here let's turn it down a little bit I mean, as someone that has like tried to play keyboards in a punky band, I was like, whoa, that's like a crazy part. I got really excited. <laughs> okay, well, there's 42 seconds left, so we can chat or I can fade it out. <laughs> let's hear it. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. I like it a lot. Thank you. Appreciate that. I hear, uh, I hear XTC. Oh, yeah. Very early XTC, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 100%. I think they're UK. I mean, I didn't really check that out. It looks like a British label, right? That's like the UK. Oh, yeah, that's definitely a British record. Yeah. US 45s always had the big hole. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. For those just listening, Eric showed us his tiny hole. <laughs> I was working on a big <laughs> hole. You got there faster than me, though. Damn it. Uh, all right. So next, I do have another Christmas song for you from what I think is... Actually, I don't even know what it's called. I have it in the other, the other room. The, <clears throat> the Phil Spector Christmas album, which I think is the best, most listenable Christmas album that you can listen to in its entirety and even maybe just play it on repeat um, because it is kind of this amazing compilation of all of his bands and perhaps some he made up just for the record. And it's like, you know, the classic wall of sound. Oh, and, yeah. um, and there are so many songs that are like, perhaps even better than this one, but this is just kind of like a bit more unique. And where is it here? It is here. The bells of St. Mary. This is just the catchiest one to me. Like in perhaps the 1960s. 
Are we allowed to listen to them? Records produced by Phil Spector. Another Ramones out. A tiny bit more. Like, sure. like, like there's like people like cancel like everyone and like Bill Cosby is just off the air. But then like Michael Jackson is like it's too late. We're just too permeated all of pop culture. We can't undo Michael Jackson. I, yeah. My rule is, I, I think you can listen to Michael Jackson up until the time he's heard of Molesting Boys. So basically, you can go up to Off the Wall. we've already talked about this on our stupid podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, no one's listened to it, so it's fine. <laughs> it's all new to everyone. This is like you a best separate, You gotta separate the art from the artist. I don't have a hard time with that. I Probably problematically so. Like, I don't know. Uh, has, um, has the cause been completely canceled? You can't watch the Cosby show in reruns anymore? I can't imagine. I don't think it's on anywhere. I mean, I think it used to run on those like TBS-type channels, but I don't think it does anymore. Which is kind of a bummer for like the rest of the cast that didn't do anything. Like, yeah. Sucks. Do you think Donald Trump will give him a pardon? <laughs> Why not? I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. Come on. You think his lawyers aren't pitching him right now? Was the cause um, accused of federal crimes? Those pardons only are only for federal crimes. Not for oh, that's a good crimes. point. That's a good yeah. point. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe he'll just give him the Medal of Honor then. The president can't just swoop in. and. Like I said, just he'll give him the Medal of Honor, perhaps just like Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> <laughs> A posthumous Medal of Honor for <laughs> Michael Jackson, too. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so what do you got, Daryl? All right, I'm going to... Uh, let's see. Eric doesn't seem to be buying the funky takes on classics. So... Oh, wait, but also, if I can interrupt, what are you drinking, by the way? Oh. I, was like, I can hear my speech slurring. It's crazy. This is. I'm, I'm drinking like a, a dark and stormy. Dark and stormy. Yeah, dark and stormy. Oh, nice. Oh, uh, Kraken, Kraken dark rum. Yeah. And um, uh, ginger beer from Trader Joe's. So two shout oh, nice. outs. Two shout outs. We've been like, um, there's a there's a bar. If you put like Tiki into Google, like one of the top two that'll come up is called Lost Lake. And that's like a, a block up the street. So we've been going up there and getting takeout for a while. And then of course I got excited and tried to look up some Tiki recipes and like, kind of like ease my way into like, I, I've barely made a cocktail that isn't, you know, like a gin tonic <laughs> more than two ingredients, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. But yeah, I tried to take some baby steps. It was pretty fun. It was good. Pina All colada right. is the way to go. If you have a blender. But anyway. So uh, I'm going to switch gears on the music we have not heard any blues yet so i'm gonna play some very very funky blues <laughs> this is um miss rose graham and the song's called black christmas mm. based on the movie yeah based on the movie black christmas oh, I'm not there to pull your sleigh Oh, yes, it will be 
saying it's all about sex oh yeah <laughs> i mean the sleigh is the penis and the woman is the reindeer i'm just trying to put it together <laughs> i hadn't really thought about it that way but yeah <laughs> cool there's something about blowing in there as well yeah, <laughs> yeah. So That's I'm, pretty good. I'm digging deep, right? Because I'm trying to convince Eric that Christmas music is not terrible. <laughs> I mean, I don't, this is our first time the, meeting and you don't know the depths of my stubbornness. But, 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 <laughs> Three but also, weeks from now, I might come around. But like, I will break you. But that's the thing, it's not a genre, is it? it's just subject matter. So there, or is it a genre? I mean, it is a genre, it does get its own bin. If I go to the record store, you know it's a it's a crate unto itself right yeah but that has everything from like slim whitman to uh black christmas mm -hmm. it's genre bending people unite around people come together around uh <laughs> christmas music so what do you got I did. So I started by trying to focus and be like, oh, like this is like a good, the drums sound really good and like the band is good. And then I just got distracted by like, wait, like what's the metaphor? What's going on? Like, I just <laughs> I was getting distracted. But uh, yeah, that's what was going through my head while we listened to that pleasant song. But have you ever seen Black Christmas? Anyone? 
No, I haven't. 1974, I believe. Bob Clark, who also did A Christmas Story and Porky's, but starring Margot Kidder. It's an amazing, amazing, fucking scary movie. Uh, it's kind of it's the movie with the call is coming from inside the house. Basically, yeah. it's you know sorority girls getting these crazy calls, and yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Is Margot this, Kidder is, plays a fantastic drunk. John Saxon is in it. Is this the uh, the first? holiday slasher movie i think so i think so yeah pretty good i highly recommend it there is a there's a remake or a new version of it uh just came out maybe past year or two from blumhouse it is not good but uh so Mm. as one would expect i think there was also uh another holiday slasher movie called Silent Night, Deadly Night. Oh, Silent Night, Deadly Night. It's good. You're a little yeah. quiet. Oh, I'm sorry. Just Silent Night, closer. Deadly Night. Yeah. Yeah. Silent Night, Deadly Night is a good, super weird one. Yeah. Um, yeah, with a guy with some kind of Santa issues. <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, yeah. There's another one I'm just forgetting right now. Gremlins. Well, Gremlins is yeah, is good. And God, but there's another one, not silent. There's another Christmas Die specific. Not, not sla- not Die slasher. Hard, of course, not a horror. Very yeah, sad. yeah, yeah. Just watched Less Than Zero as another Christmas movie. Oh, yeah. Most dick sucking in a Christmas movie that I've seen, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> and snow is a metaphor. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Let it snow. Yeah. Eric, you have something for us? Yeah, what do you got, Eric? I do. <clears throat> so uh, there's a there's like a Japan kind of overlap to almost everything that I will be playing today. And this one is probably the most overt. This is a J-pop band from the early 80s. They're called Juicy Fruits. And uh, I was trying to think of how to like, you know, because they're not, it's not like weird or obscure. Like they were huge. And if you watch like a New Year's special, probably this year in Japan on New Year's Eve, they'll probably make an appearance rather in either in like the retro footage or I don't know I think they still play around sometimes so they had hits if you're like a normal Japanese person you'd be you would think it was weird that that someone really really liked them today but you would definitely know who they were and uh, I liked that all these bands like that from this era in Japan like that were by like clear studio musicians and like professional production people did not shy away from like including this sort of like punk and new wavy stuff that was going on at the time. So there's an element of that with also just like that complete over the top saccharine, like J-pop element. She's making like cat noises at the beginning of the song. And it's called uh, Namida Namida no Cafe Teresu, which I think is like the Cafe Terrace of Tears. So (laughs) when is it from? Uh, it's either like 80, 81. I'll, uh, I can grab the cover and figure that out for sure.
recap that at the end there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So they don't shy away from that. Actually, I forgot. They'll usually put the month, too. So not only is that from 1980, it's from October 1980. Nice. It's written 1080 on the label. Nice. Eric, tell us about Christmas in Japan. In my personal, like a lot of people, I think, know that it's famous for being more like a romantic, like date night, which oddly... First of all, wait, 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 let's, let's go back. Uh, Do they love Jesus in Japan? Very few people. I mean, it has no overlap. You go to KFC, they'll dress the colonel up as Santa, and you go, I think that sometime came like, probably GI stationed there, like missed turkey, and it just like caught on as like what you, you do at Christmas time. And why they supplanted like Jesus with like a date, sexy date night, I really, maybe just because they, I think the idea of it is really fun. You put up lights, there's Santa, you give gifts, but there there's not the Christianity to like follow anything up. So they were like, and it's date night. Go get laid. So, like, it works. <laughs> right. It's big with, it's, it, a little bit, it's, it's big, uh, big night for love hotels, right? I mean, it must be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then I feel like it gets inverted where it's like, we party on New Year's. New Year's there starts like New Year's Day. It goes for like the first three to five days. And that's the time that you like, you probably leave Tokyo. You go to your family's hometown more in the countryside and like have like a traditional call and stay home kind of Nice. Yeah. I could, I'm down with that. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. No, yeah, it's not bad at all. <laughs> Taking a, a, a sober shellac show. Man, I regret that. Sober I shellac that. matinee. Jason, explain what you're referring to for people. That I don't know. remember what year it was, but shellac played New Year's Day at like, I don't know, 11 a.m. or something nine, like that at the nine, Fireside Bowl. 9 a.m. <laughs> yeah, it was 9 a.m. show. <laughs> I'm sure like, there were plenty of people who were still drunk. You know. I was young enough to know that I should go to that and also young enough to have just partied too hard and been out too late to possibly make it. Like I was the guy they were trying to like thin out the crowd from. <laughs> yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. So the acknowledgement of Christmas in Japan is not Sorry, can't hear you, Daryl. Oh, so the acknowledgement no. of Christmas in Japan, Eric, is that because Japan embraces Western culture and they feel like there's an obligation to do it? Or is there a, um, we're putting our own spin on it? I mean, I can't really tell you the intent, but I would say yeah. I don't think there are many homes with like Christmas trees and decorations. This is something that like you'll see in shop windows and it's just like a, I don't know, maybe like a 50% of the way we celebrate Halloween. Don't take it too seriously, but it's just something to do, I guess. Okay. Interesting. Excuse yeah, for gift giving and, yeah. and as you say, having sex. Yeah. As we all know, Christmas is all about. Mm -hmm. Coincidentally, some of my favorite Christmas records are from Japan. Oh, really? I have one queued up right now. Oh, sweet. I can't wait. Uh, can I can I skip? Please, please, please. Okay, have it. have it. All right. So this this band is called the New Adventures of You, and this is an LP called Big Beat Xmas. Um, and there is a uh, lovely naked white girl on the cover with a Santa beard. <laughs> Let's see it. Let's see. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. 
Right. Santa. Wait, sorry. She has a Santa mustache. Yeah, she, but she does. Have, she actually does have the beard. It's just oh, under. Yeah. Her, it's under her chin. It's a Santa neck beard, is what it is. And then she's got the taped on mustache. Okay. And then there's lots of hip teens having a little dance party on the back cover. Okay, so this is getting very religious. This is Ave Maria. Can you, since you're, you know, actually playing records, can you give us a spin back? Nice. <laughs> that was dope. <laughs> on surfing with the alien. Satriani vibes. I heard, I thought Santana, but it distracted me from being Ave Maria. Like I forgot. Like (laughs) like, soon. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, Eric, what are your what are your insights into why a Japanese (laughs) studio band would record a version of Ave Maria? 
I'm going to try and answer this seriously. Well, this is what comes to my mind anyway. <clears throat> I know that like the venture is like super huge over there. They kind of kicked off the like the group sounds like, you know, that kind of like when every Japanese group wanted to be in between the Beatles and the Ventures in the 60s. And when I lived there, my street would start playing the Ventures Christmas record piped into not stores, <laughs> like just the street on November 1st. You had two full months of Christmas music. This might be part of why I'm scarred. Wait, are there like loudspeakers? Are there like speak like you for know, like important like, national yeah, like announcements PA. or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah. Okay. But they play music. Um, it's like it's not that. Yeah, it's because it's Japan. It's like it's not blaring. It's kind of like cute and pleasant instead of like annoying like it would be in America. <laughs> so uh, that's my that would be my guess that it had something to do with that like early guitar focused appreciation and obsession. That makes sense. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> I also I mean, am holding, coincidentally, I'm holding my copy of the Ventures Christmas album. There you go. Uh, but anyway, I skipped I skipped Jason on the round robins. Now we've got to back it up. That's okay. No. That's okay. Okay. So yeah, well, this will be a, a bit of a transition. It's not quite a Christmas song, but it might be a New Year's song. And uh, it's just always inspirational and makes you feel good, like kind of heading into the next year. And it is, of course, the zombies. Or is it zombies? Zombies or the zombies? I think they got the, 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 I the, think. The zombies. The, yeah. the zombies. Yeah, I think Eagles was the first band to drop the the. <laughs> okay. And Buzzcocks were a direct tribute to Eagles. <laughs> My friends and I used to use uh, eagle as an adjective to, to describe something that sucked uh, <laughs> based on the band. So that's pretty mm. eagle, you know. So, um, but yeah, this will be our year. still lots of room could get worse but i never thought of that as christmasy is there anything in there that really oh not christmasy it's more like new it's a new year song okay moving moving on you and your happy holidays i get it (laughs) (laughs) yes yes well actually eric it was written by jesus i don't know if you know that (laughs) rod argent is jesus (laughs) 
according to Rod. It was, it was produced yes. by Jesus. Sorry, it was produced by Jesus. <laughs> Jesus behind the boards. An, an Apple playlist. Whoa, the, the guy who got drunk off half a beer switched to some brown liquid? What's going on over there? Yeah, now I'm on the Lafroig uh, Triple Wood, which nice. is uh, yeah, pretty good. So I would just like to offer the opinion that if there was one artist who I feel could do a beautiful Christmas album, it would be Colin Blundstone. That angelic voice. He, no one can see you nodding on, on the audio. A beautiful or. album of, of Christmas tunes. That beautiful, delicate, breathy delivery that he had and quite angelic. I'm inspired to share a really embarrassing zombie story. In the late 90s, they played, at least those two guys, Rod, Colin, I, I can't speak for the rest of the band. And uh, I, this was at my maximum, like I hadn't moved to Japan yet, but I had visited and I was definitely moving. And my whole brain was just Japan, Japan, study Japanese, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, this one girl from Japan, she comes to all our shows, she follows us all around, she's over there. So I went up to like talk to her afterwards, like not in a creepy way, just like, I'm so excited there's a Japanese person and the zombies were giving me dirty looks like, you fucking creep, we didn't call her out so that like, creepy white guys could go hit on her. And I was like, no, no, I just like, I really think the country's cool. It was really awkward and that's my memory of seeing the zombies. Good one. Uh, thank you. So what do you have, Eric? Uh, let's see. So, uh, this is a band called, um, this is another one with, is there a the or not? There is a, the, the toys. There's a bunch of band called the toys. This is another British one. It's got the uh, tight, tight hole that Darren's so fond of. It's on that RAK rock label, 1980, and it's called sweet Magdalena. Uh, I got to give it up. My, of all people, my wife was just like, this is great and you should buy it. And then she played it on YouTube and I was like, Yep, absolutely. And uh, this goes, I think this is 1980, but it's still, it has more of like a, almost like a glammy hangover. It kind of has that like glammy stompy beat and is not really very punk at all. It's just kind of like a, just a weird poppy, uh, not hit rock and roll song. So uh, let me confirm that I have my sharing correct and then we'll do this. very cool and it uh i feel like the parasites were very inspired by this 
that, that guy that had uh, Jason, I might not be able to access his last name right now, Duncan. He's in like he's in like a glam band. So what? That backs up Derek Gordon from the Equals when they tour and does a bunch of reissues and stuff. Hmm. So I do feel like he completely went from the Parasites to hard embracing that exact aesthetic. Huh. That's cool. That backing vocal, I mean, that's one of those songs where like, it's like pretty good and interesting, but each part keeps like those, that little like, ah, <laughs> like it just keeps getting a little more interesting as it goes. So that always makes me real happy. Yeah. Eighty. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like they were probably just rather than like cool. <laughs> I don't know. Coincidentally, is that a poster of the face of the rollers on the wall? That's also my wife's work. <laughs> That's your life's work or your wife's Oh, wife. Yeah, oh. yeah, wife. <laughs> That's my wife's work. <laughs> a poster of the base of the rollers. Remind us of the name of the band again. Uh, the Toys. The Toys. There's another The Toys that have a really great single called Go to the Police and the, the other side is really good too, I can't remember. But yeah, they're unrelated. They're just two British bands around the same time with the same name. Isn't there a American Toys girl group? Lovers of Chicago? Yeah. I believe you. I don't know it. Right. Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah. 60s. Yes. Yeah. Um... So my other uh, going switching from, you know, the New Year's theme to just uh, this year. Uh, um, I feel like this year I've been thinking a lot about money, and a lot of people probably have uh, in their relationship to money, and the money that is squandered, and also what it takes to get money, and uh, it made me think about this excellent uh, song by Chain and the Gang. Uh, one Ian Venonius, uh, and I thought I feel like this song should be taught in school. As as I, I don't know if it's home ec or econ one hundred and one, but I, I feel like the song breaks down uh, an important life Even lesson native, here. I might add, <laughs> indeed. Okay. The song is called uh, "What Is a Dollar." Thirsty. Hungry and I'm thirsty. 
get some stuff. I said I'm hungry and I'm thirsty. Hungry and I'm thirsty. Yeah, I can't get enough. Well, you gonna need it so you can survive. You can only get it from another guy. I said I'm internationally traded increment of worth. Yeah, it's bigger than you and me. Bigger than you and me put together. It's also called currency. The way that it works, you get your money if you do something you don't like to do. Something that's abhorrent to you. Something that challenges your code of ethics. To get a dollar, but you know what? You're gonna need one one of these days. Can't hear and you, Jason. You're gonna need more than one. Sorry, yeah, you that's the part that kills me. It's just like you're gonna find you only get it for doing like something you don't want to do, <laughs> something that's abhorrent to you, something that challenges your code of ethics. And I was just like, oh, that's kind of my outlook. I mean, the cooler your job, the less it pays and the more corporate and dry and soul killing, then probably the better your paycheck. Am I, that, am I off? Like that seems that's accurate. Except, except I will say that Jim Carrey had a very uh, great point with talking about his father in a, a film that I co-executive produced, whatever that means. Still unclear on what co-executive producer is, but um, talking about his it's father. It's definitely better than executive co-producing. That's true. That's true. Sorry. <laughs> um, but basically, he talks about uh, his father basically not pursuing his own creative and artistic endeavors and thinking that that would mean that would lead to success he didn't realize that you could fail at something you didn't want to do like basically mm -hmm. i like i want to choose the square profession that seems responsible and you can still fail at that like that was like a big hard for Hesse, it's not really in it i feel like i kind of have skirted that line for a few <laughs> decades now so yeah uh what you got daryl i've got the scottish band the kaisers oh Familiar with them? No. I know the name. Oh, what's they had a hit, right? What's like the big one that they did? Uh, what you say? Probably there was there was a time like a while like that was like it was like on the radio, right? They're like a pretty. Oh no. Oh no. Okay, my bad. Not that I know of. What 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 roughly decade is this band from? Uh, I they got their start in the nineties. They're still going. Huh. Okay. Um. So the. Kaiser's comes from the club in Hamburg where the Beatles got their start, the Kaiser Keller. In Beatles lore, the Kaiser Keller is the, the, the club where they were ordered to play for eight, nine hours at a stretch where they were right. backing strippers. And that's how they got good. Yeah. They were practicing in front of a live audience for <clears throat> eight hours at a stretch there must be a german thing sorry to interrupt but like you know that reminds me of when eric and i were in a band and we toured europe and there was that show in 
somewhere in Germany where they expected us to play three hours. So we basically played our set three times, played different slow versions of it. Eventually skinheads got mad at us for not playing songs they wanted to play and then took the stage and took our instruments and showed us how to play them. Yep. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I was texting to Dan about the skinheads. Say again. Did you learn anything from the skinheads? Uh, we learned how to love. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> okay. So back to the Kaisers. The Kaisers have laser focused on early British beat music. Right. So basically like 1960 to 1963. Uh, so the sound is frenetic and lots of you know ooh and head shaking and the whole you know the whole thing coordinated moves and matching outfits and everyone's named kaiser in the band as the last name so, like the ramones yeah okay so <laughs> this is their christmas single it's called merry christmas loopy lou and it it sounds like if the beatles if the beatles had recorded a christmas song in 1963 and this thing is magnificent you ready yeah Okay, here we go. Oh, yeah. Merry 
Beatles record any Christmas songs? They did. They did. What what do they do? Uh they did a tune called Christmas Time is Here Again. Oh, I don't know and that one. It's kind of um so the 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 Beatles from 62 to about 68 would do Christmas messages for the BBC. Uh-huh. And it was like they started off, it was they were professional and like, we're going to do a song and, you know, and then, you know, the, the more famous they got, the less <laughs> they cared about doing this. So, you know, by the end, they were just just babble. Yeah. So they did a song, an original song called Christmas Time is Here Again, huh. I think in the late 60s. And it was interspersed with their own little spoken word messages. Oh. That song was actually put back together and is a real complete song that um, and was released to coincide. Remember the Beatles anthology, that mm-hmm. massive mm-hmm. Uh, documentary series from the mid nineties. Yeah. yeah it, it was released officially as a, as a single and it was the B side of um, free like a bird. Yeah. In retrospect, it's shocking that they weren't, strong-armed into making a christmas album like everyone else yeah <laughs> but then of course john lennon uh, yeah it's you know it's a decent song <clears throat> i mean it, it it sounds like a white album outtake <laughs> yeah cool yeah anyway what did you guys think of the think of the kaisers did you like it i mean the beatle faithfulness is over the top but i mean that is everything <laughs> yeah I mean, all those, like, when they go from, like, the super major to, like, a hard, you know, couple minor chord switches, like, yeah, I mean, I love that because I grew up loving the Beatles, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, everything, everything that they've done is just terrific, you know, and again, they're, they're, they're mining that, that rich vein of early 60s beat music, so, you know, pick up any other albums, you can't go wrong. But, it was really embarrassing, but when I was saying like, oh, didn't they, have a, didn't they have a hit? I think I was thinking of the Kaiser Chiefs. That's what I think oh, I was yeah, thinking of. Oh, yeah, the Kaiser Chiefs, yeah, sure. Yeah. Slightly different. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> one of the original members of the Kaisers, uh, just this is not really related to music at all, but um, he's quite a talented sculptor. And all this year during the pandemic, he's been uh, carving marionettes of early rock and roll stars uh so he's everybody bo diddley elvis uh i think he's gotten as far as gene pitney and billy fury and and um yeah they're just really really beautifully done in that um kind of thunderbirds are go kind of uh kind of way Mm -hmm. you should look them up on on uh on facebook yeah He's actually selling a series of bubblegum cards that are based on his rock and roll marionettes. They're very, very, very cool. Yeah. That's cool. Down to the perfect reproduction of Chuck Berry's guitar and just really incredible. 
Hey, I have a question for you two guys with your meticulous record collections. I have a small record collection, which is just kind of organized by genre. Uh, but so I'm curious, do you, I assume you alphabetize, but do you alphabetize by the, or what comes after the, the, and where does the, the fit into that? Uh, well, for me personally, mm-hmm. you skip the, the, right? The, um, what is the, the word, the, there's a specific name for it. Definite article. An article? Definite article, the, right? No? Yeah. So Sounds you, right to me. Yeah. You skip the article. So if I'm alphabetizing Beatles goes under B, mm-hmm. right? Uh, right next to. <laughs> big black <laughs> as it should be and the the you i would personally just put that anywhere you want right by the i wouldn't skip the <clears throat> i wouldn't skip the the i would just because the name of the band is the the that's the whole point right uh-huh, but i guess uh-huh. it's the same word so still gets alphabetized T-H-E. But I take right. the librarian approach, right? You, you skip the... Eric, what's the word again? <laughs> the the uh, definite article. I would skip both yeah. of those, and then I would just consider that name a blank, and I would file it before numbers. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> Thank you. Good plan, good plan. So mm-hmm. I, I, have, I have kind of broad genres and then alphabetized within the genres i'm half of that so i've always gone like by genre which is already questionable because i kind of am like this is like punk but this is like new wavy like power pop which is like a fine line anyway and then within there i've done no organizing so actually the fact that like when i want to hear something and i can't find it quickly made me think like my system needs improvement (laughs) so (laughs) at some point i gotta figure something out i don't know (laughs) You're next, Eric. What do you got? All right. uh, One question for you both. Yes. It's a tough one. How would you alphabetize a tribe called Quest? I want to go with T. Am I missing a harder part of this question? Yeah. I would would go with T. Miscellaneous T. Okay. I mean, I you're, guess you're, saying, you're saying quest. Is that what you're it's saying? It's not a first name and it's not a the somethings. Yeah. So it, you could debate A, but that's not my first instinct. Hmm. Okay. I mean, I'm open to your input as well. Yeah, yeah, no, you're. I've, I've alphabetized it under A. Hmm. So it starts my hip hop collection. I'm hanging up now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like the A is an essential part of the band's name. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. But don't you think in conversation called quest, you alphabetize it under T, but it's a tribe called quest. Yeah. Right. Mm. With less definitive, uh, which it's true. It's not. Yeah. It's a- this is why I refused to buy Joe Strummer's previous band, the one Oh ers Cause I was like, it's just too much to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Okay, so on that note, uh, I realized that this is the last song I'm going to do that treads this kind of like ground of, of just like, it's 1980, it's new wavy, there's a Japan connection, <laughs> but this is one more of them. So uh, <laughs> when Yellow Magic Orchestra were really big, their bass player, I think his name is Hosono, produced a bunch of like J-pop artists. And this is one of them, again, 80, 81. I forgot to grab the record before I started talking about it. She's just called Sandy. It's kind of like a sexy lady on the cover. And uh, this one is called, um, what's it called? Uh, it's a really funny name. Eating Pleasure. <laughs> and uh, basically- Eric, hold, up that, hold out that cover again. Yeah. Yeah, is Sandy kind of glistening in a very early- Yeah, there's something going, yeah, you're right, definitely, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think this was, I mean, definitely meant to sell, I think a lot of guys buying like J-pop idol records were like half based on the cover. So obviously I love this. It's like super quirky, new wavy, and it has a little bit of that YMO edge. Um, it's called Eating Pleasure. So I think she's saying uh, something like, I'm, you're the only customer in my love restaurant. <laughs> 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 By the end, he gets to his order and he ends with like, and, uh, and a you. <laughs> so he tries to order the waitress. <laughs> so it's problematic and it's not funny at all. And I mean, if it was just that keyboard riff with the guitar and drums, that's enough. And then like the cheesy, like love waitress just like puts it over the top. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. That is Seems awesome. like a song that you would have written. Yeah, I mean, I wish. That's kind of Especially what I, the keyboard parts, yeah. I know, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's they sound like you. Yeah. <laughs> if, uh, if we're still chatting when he does the order, we'll... <laughs> I'll fade it back up. <laughs> Was this from a full-length album or just a single? Yeah, I don't think, you know, honestly, it might have been a 12-inch that I couldn't find. I don't think it came on a 7-inch. And yeah, it's a full 12-inch full record. 1980, produced by the guy from YMO. There was a comp that came out of, like, everything that that guy produced. So I think I was, like, perusing that. And most mm. of it wasn't, like, as really as good as I wanted but then this one really stood out. There's another one. I think this is a Ryuichi Sakamoto produced song called Computer Obachan, which translates to Computer Grandma. And uh, <laughs> I haven't got that yet. But it's, I mean, it lives, it's like what you want. It's just like quirky, new wavy grandma nonsense. It's great. Yeah, this is pretty awesome. Yeah, I really yeah, love it. Yeah. I played this way too many times in a row. <clears throat> you want Sandy with two eyes, right? Yeah, 
I wonder, there's another band called Sandy and the Sunsets, and I'm not sure if that's related or not. Okay, wait, have we got the order? Okay. the order yeah. <laughs> a little fake fade out okay i bungled that whole missing situation <laughs> anyway that's that song i like it yeah yeah so as we were you know getting ready to do this i was trying to figure out what songs i should play and then so christmas songs new year songs songs that relate to the terribleness of this year uh and money um but then i was like well what songs did i actually listen to the most and kind of looked up on itunes to figure out what that was and the answer was uh metamorphosis by philip glass solo piano which was really just because that's kind of the go-to bedtime song for my son uh it gets him to fall asleep but actually it's kind of like you know pavlov i've pavlov dogged myself and now it just makes me fall asleep immediately the moment i just kind of hear the opening chords i just kind of like drift off into sleep immediately so we'll definitely play it on our party podcast because <laughs> i'm ready to conk out bro <laughs> but but so beyond songs i used to get my son to go to sleep uh I was surprised to find that the song I've listened to most this year, probably as a direct result of having watched the Trojan Records documentary. Have you guys seen that? No, sounds great. Uh, uh, Rude Boy, very good. And also really bold in not subtitling any patois. <laughs> so, so it's just like, yeah, it's English, you fucking asshole. We're not subtitling them. Fucking, you can't understand it, tough shit. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's and indeed, you don't understand half of it, but it's pretty good. Um, but yeah, uh, this is a Simrip uh, with Skinhead Moonstomp, which really, if you're feeling down, this uh, is, it, is it the antidote. I want all you skinhead to get up on your feet. Put your braces <laughs> together and your boots on your feet and give me some of that old moon stomping. That is space We've got three million miles to reach on the moon. So let's start getting happy now. Yeah, 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 Now, when I say sing, I want everybody 
everybody to get in the groove and start singing because we're on the moon. Ready? Perhaps the best shot in the film was just kind of like, you know, whatever reenactment they had of just kind of like a skinhead party. And it was just a shot of all the boots, just all like the Doc Martens just kind of stomping in unison to this song. And it's just like such a great shot and also must have been the most fun shot to shoot. (laughs) And it actually weirdly made me want to go out and buy Doc Martens again, but uh, which I won't do because, you know. I refuse to be stuck in the past. Because you already have several pairs sitting around. (laughs) That's right. I love that. I mean, as if the two chords, like, weren't simple enough, they also chose the lyric to be the word, yeah, reported five times in the song. You just couldn't boil Uh, it down more. It's a good part. Hold on. Here we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I genuinely love it. It's just yeah. a joyous, fun song, and that the, the, just the, the the way the bass just kind of throws a couple notes in on the way up and down, like it's perfect. It's great. <laughs> and who was that? Simmerip? Is that how it's pronounced, Eric? Or I think so. I always yeah. heard it was supposed to be like some band name spelled backwards, like the Pyramids. But that yeah. I don't think that checks out in terms of me knowing an actual band named the Pyramids. So. <laughs> Someone that knows more than me will be frustrated and no one trying to talk about. It. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's a very Maytals type track. Well, what I was my original lead in was gonna be that, you know, fifty four forty six it was my number is the best song of all time in the universe that's ever been recorded by anyone ever. But this is the song that I listened to most this year. So yeah. It's great. <laughs> And it's also Eric's uh, pin if you ever mug him. Hey, 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 hey. You got to go back and put in a beep over that. You can't be doing that. Get out of here. I mean, really, you can basically mug any third wave ska fan. And that's a sure bet is their pin. Hey, mine used yeah. to be 1977. And then Gusto told me that his was 5446. And I was like, that's funnier. I'm changing my pin code. <laughs> So don't rob me, jackasses. All right, Daryl. All right. Uh, I'm going to stay with the ska theme. All right. So ska I can, Christmas? I can answer everybody, you know what I mean? I got punky Christmas. I got reggae Christmas. <laughs> and ska Christmas. <laughs> Milo and the Kings uh, from St. Thomas in the Virgin Islands. Um, unfortunately, the the um, the labels and the track listing on the back of the record don't match the order of the songs. So I might be playing the Mel Torme classic Christmas song. I might not be. It's it's um, it's a. It's kind All of right. a Caribbean Christmas roulette. 
All right. feels like James Bond like a scene in a James Bond movie you know it takes place at Christmas sorry again so I faded it out did you hear the fade or did it just stop? It just stopped. It extremely it just quick fade to stop. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Because I was, I was using the up fader and fading it all the way out. Uh, huh. Faded. Uh, we, yeah, we heard you talking. Couldn't quite hear you, but then. Oh, okay. Then at the I, very end, I was yeah. going to say that there actually is a Christmas song in a James Bond movie. Hmm. Which one? Uh-huh. Wait, wait. So, I mean, I can't believe I. Okay, hold on. This is James Bond trivia time. Yes, it Christmas is. Christmas song in a James Bond movie. Okay, so I don't think it's Sean Connery. This is. I'm just doing the. Uh, you know, who wants to be a millionaire? Talk through the answers here, but I, I don't. So it's not a, not a Sean. Don't Connery. use me as your lifeline. I don't know. <laughs> I can't. It's got to be some shitty Pierce Brosnan one. What is it? No, it is not. Is it Skyfall? Is it? No, is it is it? not. What? It is the redoubtable George Lazenby. Yeah, on Her Majesty's Secret Service. What's, yes. what's the song? Where is it? The song is called Do You Know How Christmas Trees Are Grown? What? Do you know how Christmas trees are grown? They need sunshine. Sunshine can't grow Christmas trees alone. And there is, yeah, there's a scene where there's a, uh, uh, like a winter festival uh-huh, uh-huh. at the bottom of the mountain where, you know, Blofeld is engineering. Yeah. Um, Kelly Savalas in this movie. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Engineering death to all mankind, right? Through <laughs> food allergies, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, there's there's a scene uh, hmm. where 
the henchmen in their very stylish yellow ski jackets are chasing down Bond. Wow. And I think prior to the action, this is the song that's like the holiday music that's playing in the background. Wow. Wow. Don't remember that. Wow. I'm, I'm truly impressed by that one. <laughs> Good job. Thanks. What do you got, Eric? Uh, also, Scott. <clears throat> so this is the, uh, I'm missing some gear. So I had to like pre-encode everything from vinyl. So uh, this is the last thing that I encoded. This is the Midwestern Ska Legends Gangster Fun with their, uh, mm-hmm. I feel like the uh, title is aged very well. It's called Fat Lady Skank. It is from, <laughs> the reason I've tried to think about like why, I'm just, I was from, I always was obsessed with this band. So like, when did this come out? I don't know. Uh, I don't think they dated it on here. So I, I might not be able to tell. I'm going to say like very late 80s, 88, 89, something like that. Um, oh, I can't believe there's not a date on that. So I was trying to think about like, why am I so obsessed with this? And I think like, they're just so weird and so Midwestern and it was like right before the internet. So it, like, that was like a weird time to be like a, just like a sort of like kind of countercultural person that wanted to like have a band, but couldn't really connect or necessarily figure out what was cool. So this is very early Midwestern ska by a band called Gangster Fun, and it's called Fat Lady Skank. I'm going to greet my wife as well. I'm going to mute myself while I play this song for me. <laughs> okay. Fat Lady Marsh. No! Fat right. Lady Cabbage Patch. No! <laughs> Fat Lady Vogue. No! What'd she do? She's gay. Fat Lady coming in on the floor. She wearing a mini skirt and a spandex argyle turtleneck sweater. Run, fat lady, run! Run, fat lady, run! Sometimes the fat lady comes into the club. She don't do the walk, she don't do the tango, she don't do the shaituna. She don't do the bird toe, she don't do the robot, she don't do the holy ghost. You know she can't do the frog, or the hip fist, the pogo, or the penguin. So this part where he's naming all the dances that the fat lady can't do. This <laughs> is great. Whoa, Dale's got a puppy That is a fucking large puppy. Yeah, this is my, this is my very large and very licky puppy. So... <laughs> This, this is Melody Nelson. And Melody Nelson needs to go out. Oh. So I've, I've played my five songs. Oh, yeah. And so. I was, I was going to have Daryl play this out, but I'll, I have one to play us out then. Sweet. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I feel like, Eric, you probably put this song on every mix you've ever made for me. So sure. yeah, that's probably why I, I know it, but I didn't this even is know one who of the it most, was. Like, I never didn't like this when I thought Scott was cool and wasn't cool. And then like back, I've, all, I've been like, I've always thought this is just great. So I can fade us out the rest of the way and you can take us on out. All right. Well, I'll just say uh, thanks for getting together for our little holiday uh, day drinking, record playing, music art haggling, uh, Zoom meeting. This yeah, is the best this use of fun. Zoom. Yeah, it was. I, I, 
I know he won't admit it right now, but I think we've won Eric over. Definitely. <laughs> well, I mean, I've always loved Jesus, so that remains a constant. And then, uh, but now I've embraced the music as well. So that's well done, your entry yes. point, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, well, and then, so I'll play us out with a song about Eric's secret love of Christmas music, and uh, it's by a little band called Fun Boy Three. Uh, oh yeah! Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. That's when we